What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, as always, Jack Vita, and I've brought along once again crashing the party andrew stem welcome back andrew oh thanks jack man it's it's good to be here it's now officially championship week for college football and uh you know i saw somebody say yesterday that uh maybe it was this morning said that uh you know if you want to try and explain to people why fans love college football just show them a day like yesterday i mean we had games nonstop from 11 in the morning until you know if you stayed up and watched byu and usc that game after ended after at almost 1 a.m here in the central time zone and uh there were stories galore and uh you know that i assume we'll build on we've already got some coaching carousel moves but yesterday was uh incredibly exciting it looks like we'll get some new faces in the playoff for the most part and um you know, yeah, yeah. Yesterday was a great day, man. And uh, you know, uh, my voice seems to have recovered a little bit. At least you can kind of make out what I was hearing. I was yelling at the TV a lot during the Michigan Ohio State game, and uh, but the voice has recovered, and it was a good day. It was a very it was good a day. Very good day. That's a great tease for everything we have coming up on the program today. So we're actually just going to scrap the NFL for this week because this is our last week of just true college football where you have everybody playing. And I think there's just so much to sink our teeth into. So we're going to, we're going to pass on NFL this week. Maybe we'll get to some next week with selection Sunday. We'll see, but there'll be a lot of NFL coverage starting back up in a couple weeks when we don't have college football every Saturday and we got some bowl games and whatnot. And we'll be covering college football throughout all of that. No worries, but we'll get back to the NFL action here. Maybe next week, if not next week, in a couple weeks. Okay, so today we're talking all things college football and wrapping up the final week of the regular season. As Andrew mentioned, we got championship week. We're, we are in championship week now. We got some great games this week. We'll preview some of those later on. We'll cover everything that happened yesterday. We'll cover some of the coaching stuff. We'll talk about the Heisman. We're going we're gonna to go uh, balls to the wall here today. And it should be a lot of fun. If you guys enjoy our program, make sure you guys subscribe to the Jack Vita Show, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Go to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon, wherever it is that you're getting listening to this podcast right now. Hit subscribe. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Share it with a friend. Get this show out to more people. And log on to my website, jackvita.com, where I've been doing a lot of writing. I wrote recently about how the Braves built a winner. And I've been working a lot of content over there. So make sure you guys check all of that out. Andrew, I think we should, with it being Black Friday, I think it's a good time to give a little shout out to the sponsors here. Sounds good to me, man. So, all right. We have a few sponsors that support this show. We're thankful for them. And the reason why I don't give ad read i give ad reads for them whenever there's new stuff going on but they don't pay for the ad spots they they pay me whenever someone gets a product through my links so this is a great time for people to pick up some stuff from fanatics because i went over there they've got a lot of just awesome collegiate and pro gear and for this black friday weekend if you're listening to this race over there because these deals are going to end at midnight on Cyber Monday. So you got a couple days here. Make sure you guys run over there. And they got a lot of stuff on discounts. The other day I bought I bought a TCU uh, Super Frog t-shirt for someone in my family. I got a trucker cap of a team for someone in my family. I got a Chicago Bears knit hat 
or someone in my family was able to knock out a lot of Christmas shopping, got a little bit of stuff for myself. And it was all under 65 bucks. I think I bought like five items. So go to jackvita.com slash fanatics. Make sure you use that link. Lots of great deals over there. Big fan of fanatics, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. They've got, you know, everything covered, uh, major league baseball, NCAA, uh, NBA, NHL, NFL links through theirs. They also sell uh, stuff for European soccer, um, the men's and women's U S national teams, MLS, all that stuff. If you can think of, you know, a, a team, a university, somebody who's you want to buy apparel for or other fan type gear, they'll have it on there. Yeah, they have over 500 NCAA brands, including both schools that I went to, Valparaiso University and Car- Division Three Carthage College has gear on Fanatics. So what are you waiting for? Go to jackvita.com slash Fanatics. If you want to get some other stuff, if you want just baseball stuff, we're also partnered with MLB Shop. Uh, a lot of the same, they actually work with Fanatics, so they're they're it's a lot of the same gear, but if you want exclusive MLB licensed apparel, if you are a Braves fan, you want to pick up some world series gear, go to jackvita.com slash MLB shop. And then lastly, of course, we're brought to you by Paramount plus and Paramount plus is per- my personal favorite streaming service. There's a reason why I linked up with Paramount plus is because I believe in what they're doing. And I'm a big fan of all of the content they have over there, including Every season of Survivor, every season of Big Brother, a bunch of seasons of The Challenge. I've been watching a lot of, I've lately been watching these old 90s real world seasons. Been watching the real world Los Angeles, which they're now doing a reunion. And that's only exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. I know a lot of people are pretty pumped up for this new South Park special that's only on Paramount+. Plus. There's a lot of great exclusives over there. And again, from now until the end of Cyber Monday. If you go to jackvita.com slash Paramount, get one month free. That's an, an entirely one month free trial. You can cancel it anytime. If you don't want to end up using it after that month, you can go ahead and cancel it. You're probably going to want to keep it because they got a lot of good stuff over there. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, you hit on the challenge. The challenge All-Stars 2 is going yes. on right now and has been incredibly popular. Uh, Survivor, they've also got links to sports. I mean, you get all the... CBS coverage. So you want to watch the SEC championship game uh, between Georgia and Alabama on Saturday. That'll be on there uh, streaming on Paramount plus. Also, if you let into European soccer, the champions league and Europa league is nearing the end of group stage and there'll be uh, one more match week left in there to kind of determine who moves on to the next round of that particular tournament. And uh, just lots of really good stuff, man. Nickelodeon stuff. It it's all over there. It's well worth it. And that, not even mentioning movies and all the other stuff that they have associated with it. Highly recommend it. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. And yeah, if you want to watch some of the guests we've had on this show, like if you want to watch Dario on the challenge, you can watch his season of the challenge on here. You can watch T-Bird season of Survivor, Stephanie's seasons of Survivor. So if you haven't seen any of those, because I'm sure there have been a bunch of people who listen to this show and don't know what I'm talking about. Well, you can check it out for free, especially right now in the wintertime. It gets a little dark. There's less to do outside. May as well fire up that TV. Subscribe to Paramount Plus. Go to jackvita.com slash Paramount. Well, and you know, we'll be getting ready for holiday gatherings. I mean, 
assume a lot of people got together for Thanksgiving, but you know, the the holiday season now officially in full swing. Uh, I hope you have your Christmas lights out and decorated. It's, I think, I think my wife would officially say that it's okay to have those out now. Um, but <laughs> are know, they lots yet? of, fa- lots of family gatherings. And, you know, sometimes when you bring lots of different people together, you can't hard to find something that everybody can agree on to watch, but uh, certainly there'll be something on Paramount plus you throw it on the Roku, Roku, the fire TV, Apple TV, whatever kind of device you have to stream your television. That'll be something you can find. That'll keep everybody happy. Yep, and that's jackvita.com slash paramounts. Okay, Andrew, you brought up the Christmas stuff. Before we dive into the football, and I think we, well, we'll we'll touch on a couple things here. But first, I want to know, have you listened to Christmas music yet? Have you listened through a Christmas album? I did. Actually, I uh, we were doing a, a turkey trot, or we were going to. Uh, on Thursday and when we woke up the real field temperature was 11 degrees and I had not prepared for running in 11 degree weather and so oh, we just decided to go back to bed but I uh, I did it yesterday uh, just for for the process and to you know to get me in the mood I was I threw on not a specific album I just threw on holiday music on Spotify but uh, yes I have uh, I am set and ready to go I have the stations all loaded on the Sirius XM for uh, driving around in the car and uh, yes it is it is time to feel festive <laughs> let's get Christmassy over here yeah I listened to my all-time favorite Christmas album which is Let It Snow, Baby, Let It Reindeer by Reliant K. If you guys have never listened to it, it's just an awesome, great album. I mean, they're my favorite band, but it's it's a fun mix of classic-sounding Christmas songs with pop punk with a little bit of like a Beach Boys harmonizing going on. It's it's fantastic. Highly recommend it to listen. Nice. Yeah. So... Andrew, before we touch on college football, I want to touch on a couple other things real quick. So MLB offseason right now, Steve Cohen is going all in on the Mets. Have you been tracking any of that? Yeah, it's been. I mean, he's, he's getting mad at uh, Steven Matz and uh, <laughs> you know, signing with the Cardinals and you know, you certainly want, you can't complain, I guess, when your owner decides that, uh, he wants to spend money and kind of make this happen. He's a big Twitter guy and Marcus Stroman's a big Twitter guy. And I feel like if Marcus Stroman, if he leaves New York, there'll be some type of a Twitter exchange. If he stays in New York at some point over the next five years, there's going to be a bad Twitter exchange between those guys. And, uh, but we're, we're here for the entertainment. We enjoy it. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so Mets are going all in. They brought in Starling Marte. It sounds like they're going to try to make a play. They're working on Marcana or Marcana from Oakland and working on Javi Baez. Probably going to try to add another pitcher or two. Um, that's what's going on from world in from the uh, world of Major League Baseball. Jose Barrios, he got his extension about a week or two ago. And Wander Franco, big extension coming for that guy in Tampa. Yeah, well worth it. Eleven, what eleven years? Like one hundred eighty-five million, something like that. Yeah. And uh, the rumors are seeming to be that uh, Marcus Semien is going to sign with the Rangers. That's not mm. confirmed, but uh, that's that's kind of the rumor floating around, um, and rolling on. Hopefully, it's a, there's it's a le- more legitimate rumor than the reporter who says Matt Nagy's going to get fired after the Thanksgiving game. And everyone took that word as gospel 
And it sounds like Nagy's going to be fine through the end of the year because the Bears don't ever fire coaches in the middle of the season. That was an interesting thing that sort of played out over the past week where it was like, okay, so this one guy, it was a reporter, all, all due respect to him, but I had not heard of him. And typically when a, when a huge news story like that is breaking, I want it to be from a reporter that I've heard of. Fair. So I, I didn't I didn't buy that at all. Did I mean you? that also I mean if if we want to segue back into college football, yeah. uh, there was another guy who reported. I mean he might very well have been from like an LSU fan site, but the rumor on on Wednesday Thursday all the days run together now to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> but because there's been football on like all the time. <laughs> Normally I feel like I can differentiate ex- the MAC games mean it's the middle of the week and everything yeah. else. This happens on this day. And now all of a sudden you get football on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I can't remember what day is which anyway. Um, somebody from one of the LSU websites was reporting that like Lincoln Riley to LSU was a done deal, $13 million a year. And lo and behold here this afternoon, after you know, last <laughs> night in his post game press conference, Lincoln Riley guarantees that he's not going to be the next coach at LSU. He was in fact, being more honest than any of us probably knew uh, as he has been linked and confirmed, I think uh, it sounds like, or as closest to confirmed as that without being pen to paper that he will be the next coach at USC. So, um, so uh, the, the coaching, the coaching carousel is, is off to a flying start. Oklahoma may end up promoting, you know, from within Alex Grinch, their defensive coordinator is a guy who I know is, is really popular and well-liked, but uh, has never been a head coach before. Um, and, you know, you don't necessarily know what will happen as being the, you know, the head coach at a major program. But Oklahoma could be open. It sounds like USC is closed. Um, the athletic director at LSU may have to go back to the drawing board. Uh, sorry, Wrigley wants to chime in and, 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 <laughs> and offer his two thoughts on the coaching carousel. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, w- one reporter, you know, but in this age of social media, somebody could throw it out there and then we could run with it. Yeah. And then we've got, of course, uh, another big coaching decision made over with Florida and they're bringing on, uh, I'm sorry. Is it uh, Billy? What's his name? I'm blanking on his name. Billy Napier from uh, Louisiana. Billy Napier. Yeah. I knew that he was from Louisiana. He did a heck of a job with that team. Do we know if Billy Napier is going to coach the Raging Cajuns in the conference championship game this week? I don't know. And I'll be totally honest. One of the things I kind of wanted to rail on when I was talking to you is that it's such a shame for those guys that, uh, pardon me as I'm I'm walking to get the dog a cookie. Um, (laughs) But it's such a shame for those Louisiana players. If it turns out that he's not going to coach their team, like, yeah. They're going to play in the Sun Belt Championship. That you know, this for those guys, it is probably the biggest game of many of their careers. And you know, I don't know why Florida couldn't wait one more week, like and you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay, we've signed him, but like not make the announcement because it's just going to be a tremendous distraction for those guys. When they should be focusing on, you know, trying to beat Appalachian State, winning the you know Sun Belt title, and instead, um, it's just not. You know, not 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 what their focus will probably be on, and that's that's a shame for them. It is a shame, and it, App State. I mean, they they met earlier this year in Louisiana, blew them out. They won. I think it was like forty to sixteen or something. It was a they won big, and App State opens as the favorite this week. I think they're a three point favorite, and I have to think that 
the Napier, this whole thing, whether he coaches or whether he doesn't coach, is a, a playing into that point spread. Yeah, you'd absolutely think so because um, just, yeah, you, you wonder where his mind is at. And if not, okay, we're going to have, you know, an interim coach. You know, how many of his coaches who are on staff now might be going with him to Florida? You know, what are they thinking about? I mean, they're probably not focusing on game planning. So, yeah, it. I mean, congratulations to him. Like, it's a big job and he'd, he'd I think it's a great hire for Florida, he'd, too. Absolutely. I think it's a good yeah. decision. And he'd abided his time and, you know, rose through assist. He was an assistant and now uh, done a great job at uh, Louisiana. But, uh, you know, you feel kind of badly for those guys. And maybe they'll come out and say, look, we want to just continue to show – you know, the college football world, how good we are and won't be distracted and we'll take it to App State again. But you just feel badly that those distractions might be a thing, you know, that they'll have to deal with in that program. Well, then the other thing is you have, let's say they win this game. They're a one-loss team. And I, I would love, like we've talked about in the past, how we'd love to expand the playoff. I really think there are a lot, there are a handful of these quality group of five teams, one-loss teams right now. You've got San Diego State. You've got Houston, you've got Louisiana, you've got UTSA. I think they're all top 25 quality teams that I'd like to see each of those teams. Maybe, I don't know, UTSA after this past weekend, it was rough. We'll get to that. But I'd love to see the Sun Belt champ. I'd love to see, assuming San Diego State wins this next week against Utah State, I'd love to see those guys get a crack at a big program. Unfortunately, however... Let's say that Napier coaches this game. He doesn't coach the bowl game. And Louisiana ends up, you know, heads aren't right, different coach, this whole situation. And they end up playing a power program. They play a power five team. It doesn't go well when people say, oh, well, the team's not that good. When there could actually be more going on as to why that team might not perform hypothetically in that bowl game if it were to come to that. Yeah, absolutely. So... All right. Well, there's also a we. I have to congratulate your team here in a second, and we'll do that. I'll, I've been teasing it for a bit. One last thing before we do that. How about college basketball? You watch any college hoops this past week? What stood out? Oh uh, man, the, the Duke Gonzaga game was thoroughly entertaining. Oh it was gosh. honestly a shame that um, you know, game took place so late on a Friday night. And I, I understand for a variety of reasons, ESPN has contracts with college football, um, you know, on the on Black Friday and other such things. They're playing it in Las Vegas. But, you know, the game tipped off at like 9.30 Central Time. It didn't end until almost midnight. And, you know, it was as good a showcase of college basketball. Uh, Paula Bancaro and uh, Chet Holmgren, you know, two of the, the two, honestly, top freshmen in the game. Um they put on a show and, uh, you know, Duke will, Duke will probably be number one. Um, when the polls come out tomorrow, I guess there's a chance that Purdue being, you know, the, the team who's ranked above Duke right now may pop up on there. I don't, you know, it's hard to tell what AP voters are thinking, but, uh, you know, you know, Duke, uh, Duke looked really good. Gonzaga after they rolled UCLA on Tuesday, um, you know, just didn't have it quite again, but again, credit to, to Mark few for putting together that schedule and, uh, the Dayton Kansas game was fun. That shot at the end, uh, for Dayton to, to win was pretty entertaining. And, uh, you know, all in all the, the tournament's been pretty good. Baylor, uh, winning the, uh, battle for Atlantis, 
Um, How about Iowa big, State statement big big statement victory over Memphis? Memphis. Yeah, yeah, undefeated another, another, team picked to finish last in the Big Twelve this year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's why we know, love big, the sport. Absolutely, and you know a couple of good wins for the you know, Big Twelve with Iowa State and Baylor, and um, you know Kansas. I think bounced back today against Iona after they had lost to to Dayton on that shot. And uh, yeah, man, it's it was it Feast Week is always good. I wish there were some ways that, you know, I know the general public isn't thinking about college basketball at the forefront right now, but I wish there were some sort of scheduling ways to make sure that those games were a little bit more well-viewed because I think the numbers for Duke and Gonzaga would have been really, really good if they'd played on like Friday afternoon when yeah. you know people are kind of been. But by Friday night, if you've been watching football all day, it's late, you know, digesting, eating leftovers, whatever people <laughs> – I don't know what the numbers were. I know I was watching, and I know a lot of college basketball diehards were. I don't know how many people were. I hope a lot um, because it was a thoroughly entertaining game. And, uh, you know, if Duke and Gonzaga end up playing again uh, in Sa- San Antonio, New Orleans. New Orleans is where the Final Four is, rather. Yeah, uh, if Orleans, they end up playing yeah. again in New Orleans in April, I don't think anyone will complain. No, absolutely not. Well, Andrew, we successfully buried the lead 20 minutes in. Andrews, Michigan Wolverines, led by Jim Harbaugh, have done the unthinkable. They finally have beaten Ohio State. First time in 10 years, last time they beat Ohio State, I was a senior in high school. And, Andrew, you got to be on cloud nine right now. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's probably going to sound silly because it's not like they won a championship. It's not like anything (laughs) major happened. But the only other time I honestly remember feeling this way, like in recent memory about a sports result is when the Cubs won the World Series. Hmm. Like that's that's just kind of the same thing. You know, people jokingly, maybe not so jokingly, kind of refer to Ohio State as the Death Star and whatever else. And, you know, they, they looked amazing last week. They just rolled right through Michigan State and, you know, Michigan State had some injuries. And I assume we'll talk about the Spartans a little bit. They had a nice bounce yeah. back win in the snow. Uh, yesterday against Penn State in a game that was both fun to watch and terrible to watch because the yard markers weren't shoveled out and I had no idea where anybody on the field was. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you know, just to you know, to we I remember talking with you a year ago about you know are they going to bring Harwell back? What's going to happen? And he, he can't win the big game and. You know, just just it's it felt so incredibly cathartic. Um, for me, I can't even imagine what it felt like for the players and the coaching staff to, to finally get that all taken care of and, and get the collective monkey off of all of their backs. Um, but it was, it was, it was quite a thing. And I think one of the things that I really appreciated in reading the coverage is that, um, you know, it wasn't like it was a fluke, you know, that they got a couple of bounces and and things kind of went their way that you sometimes need to happen to, to win you know, to pull off an upset. They were, uh, I, I think I'm, I don't think I'm being uh, biased, but you know, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, they certainly looked like the better team, at least yesterday. I'm not yes. going to say that overall, not going to say overall, they're the better team, but yesterday for the, the 60 minutes they were playing, uh, they were the better team. They, they deserved to win. They, they took it and uh, you know, they're, probably still people celebrating in Ann Arbor. The team has probably moved on and started thinking about the Big Ten title game against Iowa, but uh, the, the fans are going to live off this one for a long time. Yeah, I think we talked about this in the preseason. We talked about it last year. And the idea was that, first of all, this butt-kicking that's come each year 
in the direction of the Michigan Wolverines was something that started several years before Harbaugh got the job. I mean, they had the Brady Hoke era, and in that era was was when it was beginning where Urban Meyer and the Buckeyes were just becoming, starting to get a stranglehold of the Big Ten, which they had for several, several years, where it's like they're the Alabama of the Big Ten. And we, yeah, we got a couple of times where we had Michigan State get in there as, you know, the Big Ten champion in the college football playoff. Other than that, I don't think anyone else has made the college football playoff from the Big Ten. I think it was just that one Michigan State year. Right, because Penn State, the year they had Saquon. Yep. And won the Big Ten title game. Uh, Ohio State, Ohio got, State got in. They went to the Rose Bowl and played that incredibly entertaining game against USC in the Rose Bowl. But yeah, uh, Michigan State and Ohio State are the only two teams to have represented the Big Ten in the playoff. Yeah, and so really some of it was out of... I mean, one, Harbaugh had to get there. He had to start building towards something. And also Urban Meyer left Ohio State. And we'll see what happens with Ohio State in the future. But part of it, Ohio State being this juggernaut, that's not really something you can control at Michigan. Obviously, you want to beat that team, but they were just a lot better than Michigan was for the last few years. And now we said, both of us had said, stay patient, stick to the plan. Harbaugh's a good coach. Where they've been over the past few years is much better than where they were during the Brady Hoke era. And to Brady Hoke's credit, he's doing a great job with San Diego State. It just wasn't really the right match there with Michigan. It just didn't, didn't work out. We see it all the time. And now... You know, it was. I was really happy for Jim Harbaugh as someone that I think Jim Harbaugh is a great guy. I think he's a gentleman. I think he's a great character of football. Like when he was in the NFL, he's just a big time character. He's polarizing. Not everyone loves him. I don't really see why people dislike him. I think he's. I think he's great. I think he's funny. I think he's interesting. I remember when he was at one of those. You talk about 2016 Cubs. I remember one of those games, he was at either a World Series, the NLCS, and someone saw him in the bleachers with his dad, and he brought his baseball glove to the game, and he said, and someone's like, is it okay to bring your glove to the game? And he's like, always got to bring the leather. You got to be ready. It's just so horrible. He's great. So for him to finally win, especially considering what, you know, it was a down year last year for Michigan, and there was probably the loudest amount of pushback and criticism, and there was a portion of the Michigan fan base was saying he should be out, he should be done. And it's just a really sweet storybook story for them to come out and beat Ohio State, finally, and for it to happen this year. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I couldn't have honestly said it any better. And he's, you know, he... He never beats around the bush. He tells you what he's thinking, <laughs> yeah. um, which I know you and I, being reporter-type guys, love when coaches, because so often coaches <laughs> are so guarded and will give you very canned and generic answers. And uh, he doesn't do that. And, you know, I know some people find him a, you know, a lot the Michigan fans generally find it charming. Everybody else finds it kind of kooky or I think because we're, mid- we're Midwesterners. We're, yeah. we're, we're a fairly honest bunch. We might not be as honest as the East Coast, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, and no, and just watching him celebrate, I think, not only to win the game, but to kind of win it his way and, and, you know, running the ball. He ran for 297 yards as a team. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got to be on cloud nine right now. And, um, 
yeah, he's happy for him. And I know that he is really excited about what he has done. Yeah. And that, that running back tandem they have is going to be a problem for Iowa this week. Now, obviously you got to get, you got to get back and you got to prepare because you got this big 10 championship game. And if you win this game, you're going to the college football playoff. We'll talk about that more a little later for Ohio state. I think, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to bash them or really say that they did anything all that wrong because it's just, you're not going to beat the same, your arch rival, which is also a story program to beat them 10 years in a row. That's, very impressive, and uh, we should give them credit for doing that, obviously. You can't do it every year. I mean, I think Nick Saban said something recently about how, like, yeah, you know, the expectation for Alabama is to basically win the national championship every single year. That can't happen. Like, that just doesn't happen. You've had it so good. And so I'm sure Ohio State fans are probably, I would say they're probably more upset that Michigan won than they are about Ohio State losing would be my no, guess. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, when you build something like that and, you know, you talked about kind of the progression and, and starting with Jim Tressel and, and building up through Urban Meyer and and all that stuff and now to Ryan Day, like when you reach there, and I, I think Nick Saban has got the same thing at, at Alabama, is you know when you're at the top, you're going to get everybody's best shot. And, you know, you can't – you can't take everybody's best shot all the time and come away completely unscathed. So, yeah, this was this was just um, you know it was it was coming. I mean, Ryan Day's first loss against the Big Ten team. Um, you know, I think I don't know how much they made mention of that streak during the game, but I know it's one of those things you hear a lot. You'd heard a lot previously. Um, so yeah, yeah, it will be interesting to see where they go. I mean, they've they're. You know, their studs are young on offense. Uh, C.J. Stroud's a freshman. Trayvon Henderson's a freshman. Jackson Smith and Jigba has become uh, Stroud's go-to receiver. He's just a sophomore, so they'll all be back offensively. Um, but, you know, when you give up 42 points to Michigan, and this is the same kind of thing that Michigan went through a couple years ago, when you gave up, uh, you know, 62 points and then 56 points to Ohio State in back-to-back games, you got to do some some searching and figure out something. And uh, so they're going to have to go back, I think, and start looking at defensively kind of what they want to do and uh, see if there's a change in coordinators. I know they reshuffled stuff after the Oregon game um, and, and kind of see what their next step is. But, uh, you know, they're probably going to end up, if, if Michigan beats Iowa, Ohio State's probably going to the Rose Bowl. And for 13 of the 14 teams in the Big Ten, the Rose Bowl would feel like the greatest prize ever. And for Ohio State fans, it's probably going to feel like a secondary type thing. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think the one thing I want to touch on with as we discuss this game, and we'll get to the scores in a second, but I had called earlier in the season, you should remember this, back in September, I said, this is the year. Michigan is going to do it this year. They're finally going to break through. And after watching last week against Michigan State and just that buzzsaw, that first half, I just was... I I backpedaled. I think I ditched my original pick and I said, it's going to be close, but Ohio State's going to win, but Michigan is gaining ground. We'll see what happens. So I I didn't stick with it all the way through, but I did call it earlier in the season. So I I, I don't know. It's not really right for me to play both sides and try to take credit here, but nevertheless, I think my one concern, one of the concerns I have with Ohio State coming into this game 
all of their toughest games that they had played prior to this one were at home in Columbus. They played Oregon at home. They played Penn State at home. They played Purdue and Michigan State. So all three, oh no, all four of those were ranked opponents. All those games were at home. And they played a lot of games like Nebraska, Indiana, Rutgers, Minnesota on the road. So I was really curious to see how they'd look on this in this road setting in Ann Arbor, which is the big house. It's a tough place to play. And C.J. Stroud, look, he's he could win the Heisman this year. We'll talk Heisman later. And he had a good day. But there were times where they needed a conversion, and he looked like a freshman that was playing on the road in a tough place to play. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, credit to him. He still threw for, for almost 400 yards. But, uh, you know, the Michigan secondary made him work for it. Um, and, you know, there were numbers coming out. He was under pressure on something like 43% of his dropbacks uh yesterday and the average before had been like only 22 percent of of all dropbacks previously and um you know like you said i i talked to people who said if you've never been to the big house and i know you haven't although i imagine it's it's a place you want to get to the way it's designed is it doesn't necessarily have the overhang to kind of trap the noise And, and michigan fans are are some there are some who want to be really loud, but there are, you know some I, I, who you know want to sit down in front there to watch the game. It, it's kind of a dichotomy of two different types of uh, fans within the fan base. But anyway, it's been you know if you talk to people who've been there, it's not always the loudest venue. It, it's not shaped correctly. It, it's it, there are a lot of things. Sometimes the fans, whatever. Um, but everybody who I've talked to and who said things yesterday said it was the loudest they could ever remember it. Um, and so, you know, the fans were there, they bought in, they showed up, they made that environment tough, um, and, and did enough to, to make that happen. Yeah. I have not been to the big house yet, but Hey, shout out to Jack Lindblad. I'm sure he's listening. He's our friend. Who's a gigantic Michigan fan. Limblad hasn't invited me to a game yet. So once Limblad invites me to a game with a season tickets, I'll be there. And I know he's listening. So invite me to a game next year, Limblad. <laughs> Got to go ahead and take advantage of, you know, having the fans, friends that you know, and who can take care of all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're not all as good as Nate Smith, who's just like, hey, here are my Badgers tickets. Just take them and go to Madison this weekend and have fun. Yeah, man. Shout out to Nate Smith, the, the excellent producer, even better yeah. dude. Uh, for hooking you up and making that happen. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right, let's run through the scores here, and then we got so much more to discuss with these games and the college football playoff outlook. So let's here we go. Okay, final on that Michigan-Ohio State game, 42-27. Huge, huge win for Michigan. We covered that. Alabama escapes in Auburn, 24-22, four overtimes on that game. Georgia on top of Georgia Tech. 45 nothing. Notre Dame on top of Stanford, 45-14. Bedlam was a, a really fun shootout last night. The Cowboys finally break through. I mean, we had Michigan finally breaking through against Ohio State. We had Oklahoma State coming out on top of Oklahoma, 37-33. Baylor wraps up, well, not wraps up, but they, they gain a bid to the Big 12 championship with their victory over Texas Tech. 27-24 was the final on that game. Cincinnati continued to roll. They're now 11-0. and 
just two unbeaten teams left. They beat East Carolina 35-13. As I mentioned, the other unbeaten that this team fell over the weekend, UTSA, the Roadrunners, down bad, down big. They lose at North Texas 45-23. Ole Miss with a win on Thanksgiving Day in the Egg Bowl over Mississippi State. We've got, oh, Andrew, we lost you for a sec, but you're back. Yeah, sorry, I got a phone call and it kicked okay. me out. Oh, you're you're good. You're good. Okay, Ole Miss on top of Mississippi State, 31-21. Oregon in the Civil War, 38-29 over the Oregon State Beavers. We've got Michigan State with a bounce back win, 30-27 over Penn State. BYU on top of USC, 35-31. The Wisconsin Badgers, ah, oh, their Big Ten title hopes are gone. They fall at Minnesota yesterday, 23-13. Texas A&M blows a lead late and loses at LSU. LSU now is bowl eligible with that win, 27-24, the final on that game. Iowa came back against Nebraska, who was up early. It seems like a trend. Nebraska, I think. If there's any team with the most amount of one-score defeats, it's got to be the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They lose 21 or 28-21. Pitt puts the finishing touches on their regular season. They clinch a spot in the ACC title game, and they beat Syracuse last night 31-14. Wake Forest will meet them there in the ACC title game. That's going to be a really fun game. 41-10 over Boston College. This past week, Utah over Colorado, 28-13. North Carolina State, uh, if you want to talk choke jobs, how about the North Carolina Tar Heels who were up, uh, they were up 10 with about a minute and a half left. North Carolina State, uh, bomb pass, score, late score, and then recovering an onside kick. And scoring once again on the Tar Heels. Rat, that pretty much summed up the Tar Heel season in a nutshell. 38-30, or sorry, 34-30 was the final on that game. San Diego State down early versus Boise State. They didn't give up, and they win 27-16, 11-1 for the Aztecs this year. Clemson, seems like Clemson's back. Big win over South Carolina, 30 to nothing. Houston routes the independent Yukon Huskies 45-17. Fresno State blowout in San Jose State 40-9. Utah State with a win over New Mexico, and that was 35-10. Utah State will meet the Aztecs in the Mountain West Conference Championship later on this week. Arkansas over Mizzou 34-17. App State over Georgia Southern, 27-3. Kentucky routes Louisville, and that was actually – Kentucky was an underdog in that game. But that if you, want a, if you want a comparison of SEC versus ACC, look no further than that Kentucky-Louisville game, 52-21. And finally, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, they beat UL Monroe, 21-16. Raging Cajuns and App State Mountaineers, they meet in the Sun Belt Championship. That was our week in terms of the games that mattered in college football, Andrew. Yeah, that was man, like I said, you know, it got it got started 
I mean, the Egg Bowl was sort of close uh, on Thursday, but that that game Once you on saw Friday, those not- drop passes in the end zone, it's like, all right, yeah. time to change the channel. Yeah, that, that game State's on that game, game on Friday you mentioned, North Carolina, NC State, that really kind of got uh, the craziness started, uh, and it just kind of <laughs> rolled over into Saturday, first with Michigan-Ohio State, and then, man, that drive from Alabama, uh, 97 yards uh, in just over a minute to, to force overtime. Um, without you know their best deep threat, Jamison Williams was ejected for targeting on a a punt. Uh, he was on punt coverage, and so he was out. He missed the rest of that game. And, and Bryce Young took the team down the field. Uh, you know you feel terribly for that Auburn running back who was trying to pick up the first down, but ended up Take getting out of bounds. Ended up getting out of bounds and giving Alabama a chance to you know forty more seconds to drive down the field. And, uh, you know, it just kind of felt inevitable once it got to overtime. I was really surprised that Brian Harson didn't try to go for two after the first overtime when it was 17-16. Yeah. Um, you know, you just got to feel like, you know, I, I hate referencing back to, to old Michigan-Ohio State games, but I feel like the 2013 game, um, Michigan was a pretty big underdog, and they were going all the way, and they scored late. It was 45-44, and they went for two in the win and didn't get it and lost the game. But... I mean, when you're a big underdog, even at home, I feel like that's what you have to do. And then when they kicked the extra point, yeah. it just kind of seemed inevitable that eventually Alabama was going to win the game. Yep. Um, Had they the did. same feeling. Um, you know, and then and then Bedlam, man. That that Oklahoma <laughs> Oklahoma State game last night was was nonstop excitement. We had, had safety, fumbled punts. Uh, you know, Spencer Sanders was doing things that I don't think Spencer Sanders has done all year for Oklahoma State and um, Caleb Williams. Spencer Sanders, by the way, he showed some of that last year because I remember there were some Big 12 shootout games last year, and I think they lost one. It may have been Oklahoma. It may have been Baylor. No, it wasn't It wasn't Baylor. Baylor wasn't good last year. Maybe it was Iowa State. I remember watching a game like, oh, I think it was Texas, actually. Last year with Texas, that was a game where each team put up 40 points. I remember seeing Spencer Sanders having a game like that. They've been a lot more conservative offensively this year, but it was fun to see them kind of letting him go and just letting him do like air it out. And what a fun game that was. Yeah, that was, that was remarkable. It was, it was hard to, it was hard to turn away. And at the same time, like while that third quarter was going on, you got the fourth quarter of LSU, Texas A&M, <laughs> Uh, and LSU coming back and sending out Coach O with a win. Um, yep. You know, he, he said somebody's cleaning out his desk today, and he's going down to Florida with his girlfriend, and, and good luck to the, the next coach whoever LSU ends to hire <laughs> in, in typical Coach O fashion. Um, yeah, there was just – I mean, there were so many good games. It was – and it was good for me, I feel like, because I will be 100% honest. Normally when – after the Michigan-Ohio State game is over for the last – Almost 10 years now, right? The last thing I want to do is sit and watch more football. The highlights yeah. are going to come on. Like, I don't want to hear people talking about it. I don't want to see the highlights. I want. So I was, I was texting some other buddies. I was like, well, what do I do? This is an entirely new feeling. Like, <laughs> I actually want to watch football after this game and haven't, haven't done so in, you know, 10 years probably. So, but uh, there, were, there was a lot of entertaining football. I mean, you touched on Wisconsin, Minnesota, and, um, you know, Tanner Morgan. Uh, and the Gophers made enough plays to send Iowa to the the Big Ten title game, and it was you know we talked about Michigan State and Penn State in the snow, and a really good bounce back game for them. Um, you know, Kenneth Walker kind of showed out again, and I think the the snow might have helped him. Um, you know, uh, 
made it good for for their running game and they were able to get enough stops on defense and a really shout out to Michigan State and a really good year from them and uh yeah man it was Florida Florida State was an entertaining game um Georgia 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 Tech was not entertaining but something (laughs) to keep in mind is um that might have kind of flown under the radar is the guy who was thought to be Georgia's best receiver going into the year George Pickens uh he tore his ACL back in spring ball in March and he played yesterday um and you know Georgia has been known for winning their games with defense but if he can stay healthy that's a another kind of weapon that they have in their arsenal on offense which could be really big both against Alabama and coming up in you know their playoff games and I think it's pretty safe to assume now that there are no results that can happen that would leave have a one loss Georgia team if Alabama were to win on Saturday would keep them out so Georgia's in and uh, yeah, man, there were just there were so many good games, and there are so many things that you know we could easily spend like five oh. or six minutes talking about. Yeah, uh, you know, North Texas took it to UTSA. I feel like UTSA had already been like, all right, we're in the conference USA championship game. You, know, you want to go undefeated, but that's kind of like you start thinking about towards next week and yeah. the CUSA title. Uh, it was right, just- Andrew. Here, let's do this. Let's do college football playoff. Let's okay. start with that. And then we'll work down because we'll touch on more. I have more that from all these games that we'll get to. All right. So Georgia's in. Yep. Should in, is there any situation in your, if, if it's Andrew's college football playoff, is there any situation where Bama beats Georgia, where you would favor another team over Georgia? Not what the committee would do, what you would do. In terms of getting in or just in general? In in terms of who should be in. Like, I guess what my question is, so we're going to have the SEC champion and then potentially the Big Ten champion. And then we have, okay, so we're looking at six teams right now. There's Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, Bama, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. I think yep. those are the six teams that are in play. Unless that, seems, something- that seems reasonable, yeah. Unless something insane happens this week and you have Iowa winning the Big Ten. And uh, if you were to, uh, who knows, Cincinnati loses, Oklahoma State loses. Like it, it could get chaotic and that would open the well up for a two loss team. But let's just keep it clean here. And let's just say all these teams win and Georgia loses to Alabama. Is there any situation where you would rather, you would rather see you know what? Let's get that Big Twelve champ in instead of two SEC teams. You know, I mean, I think conference championships should matter. At the same time, I guess it depends on how the loss plays out. If, if I mean, I don't envision this happening. But if Bama were to win by four touchdowns, if Alabama beats Georgia by four touchdowns, and then you've got an undefeated Cincinnati, a one-loss Michigan, and a one-loss Oklahoma State team. I guess I can, in theory, go, all right, we'll just take these four conference champions and Georgia gets left out. But they've just been so good, and I feel like they've done so much in everything that's asked of them. I, I can't envision – or there's there's very few things I can envision where happening that enough would happen to keep Georgia out. Um, so I, I think for the sake of – you know, I mean, I'm going to apologize to anybody who listens to this who's an Alabama fan because I'm going to say for the rest of us – you know, you probably got to root for Georgia just to because we get if Georgia beats Alabama, I don't see a path for a two loss Alabama unless major chaos happens. And if major chaos happens, then it might come down to 
a one loss Notre Dame team versus a two loss Alabama team. And that would, if that's for the four seat, that would be a tremendously interesting discussion to, to kind of hear and, and have what happens. But I think a two loss Alabama team is probably out. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree. So, you know, if, if Georgia wins, that means that there will be no Ohio state, no Clemson, no Alabama and no Oklahoma. Like Georgia will, Georgia has been in the playoff, you know, once before, but other than that, it will be new representation. And I think, you know, it's kind of fitting because at one point it looked like there was still a chance that in spite of all the chaos that happened early, we we're going to end up with most of the usual suspects in the playoffs. And now <laughs> that seems less likely. Yeah. Not completely unlikely because, you know, Alabama, so I guess my, out, I guess, but the one thing that I wrestle with, and I think, like hypothetically if Georgia lost and it was close I would probably have both teams in I think the one thing that trips me up a little bit is just the idea of well should Alabama have to beat Georgia a second time in order to win a national championship and I know that's something that in the past for instance Alabama got to play LSU like went back when we had a two-team playoff 10 years ago LSU beat them on the road. And it's like, should LSU have to beat them a second time? Well, Alabama ended up dominating them. It didn't really end up mattering. But I think my thing is like, if we only have four spots, I'd love, I it's, it's flawed regardless. I there, I just think I love the idea of this is a playoff game right here. SEC like win or go home. But realistically, I, I do think that Georgia, their, their resume would be stronger than Oklahoma State, even if Oklahoma State wins this Big 12 championship. Although what will be interesting is if Oklahoma State beats Baylor and Baylor and Oklahoma stay right about there, you start looking at because Georgia wouldn't have beaten Alabama. Um, and, you know, Clemson, like now they're now they're good, right? Clemson's on the, you know, kind yeah. of the back edge of the, the top 25. So that's going to turn out to be a decent win, not nearly as good as we thought it was when they you know, won <laughs> yeah. the, the opening night um, or opening week night. But then, you know, what is – if Georgia doesn't beat Alabama, what is Georgia's second best win? Georgia – Auburn, probably. I mean, Florida's – the whole Eastern Division is, is a mess. Like Kentucky Flo- – probably Kentucky. Yeah. And I, I, I put in my rankings. I'd have Kentucky as a top 25 after, after this past week, they're nine and three sec team. And I don't think the sec has been the gauntlet that it's been in the past this year. Um, but it still is the sec. It still is one of the two best conferences. in Sure. So uh, I'm just working out. If you start comparing Oklahoma state, right. If they've got two wins over Baylor and they've got that win over Oklahoma state, you know, then you start comparing the wins. Oh, you mean that jo- the you wins mean that win Georgia over? Has. Sorry, win oh, Oklahoma. over Oklahoma. Sorry, win yeah. over Oklahoma. Yeah, two wins over Baylor, win over Oklahoma, and then you start comparing those with what Georgia really has, right? I mean, they dominated Clemson, and, and that will kind of prop them up. But then you know, Kentucky and, and and maybe maybe Auburn. I mean, they didn't play LSU out of the West. They didn't play Texas A and M. They didn't play Mississippi. Um, so you know, it will be interesting. Right, that they beat Arkansas and, and Arkansas, Arkansas, Kentucky, kind of hanging around that that fringe. So it's sort of like Arkansas, Kentucky, and even Clemson right now, probably all on sort of the same tier. And if you want to really say maybe Baylor and Oklahoma are 
a slight tier above those, or maybe you put them all together. But that would certainly make for an interesting discussion if Alabama wins that game and you really start parceling it down. And you think conference championships really should matter. Uh, you know, if if it's Alabama, Michigan, Cincinnati, and then you start getting down, is it Oklahoma State or is it Georgia? That would certainly be an interesting discussion. Haven't then you throw Notre Dame in there, who's not a conference champ, but was probably playing as well as top three, top four team in the country, right? I mean, yeah. they, they're going to need a lot of things to break their way, I think. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's – you know, and, but you know, certainly Notre Dame is is worthy. I think of getting into. Uh, yeah. I don't think they will, um, unless a lot of results break their way. But I mean, they've been you know just kind of under the radar really uh, since they haven't had any of those big marquee games. But they've, I mean, they've just been blowing teams out. All right, so that's our first hypothetical. Let's just say, working into our next hypothetical, that Georgia wins. Alabama's done. And I think that's probably what's going to happen because I mean they're favored by six and a half. At least this is not, I don't think this is the Alabama team that we saw last year, where that was one of the best teams that we've seen ever. And I feel like some of what we're seeing in terms of Alabama, they were number two in these rankings just a couple weeks ago. I think part of it is like the name brand recognition is Alabama. But I don't know if the name brand has actually matched what we've seen on the field, evidenced by game against Arkansas, game against uh, LSU, and now this past week, Auburn. They've they've gotten tripped up, and they very well could have lost any of those games. Props to them for not losing. I do think Georgia's going to win. Nice, next hypothetical, let's say Georgia wins. They're the number one seed. Michigan versus Iowa. If... Iowa wins this game. Does Iowa get into this? Do they get a bid into this college football playoff? Are they dead? Is they, there no they, Big Ten team? They they would need an awful lot of help. And I don't know there are enough results. It would be a nightmare situation for the Big Ten if I mean, Iowa yeah. wins this I mean, game. And then it, like if you have Baylor win... Like if we're down and we start parsing, you've got eleven and two Baylor versus eleven and two Iowa. Which one of those teams gets in? Does does one of those? You know, I mean, well, I, mean I would guess we probably would bump up. Let's just say, assuming that Cincinnati wins, they beat Houston. Cincinnati's in, and now you so that would be two spots: Georgia, Cincinnati. Then you'd have two spots potentially between like Notre Dame would probably move in in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think so. And then, then all of a sudden you're looking, okay, you know, then you've got, you know, I, I don't know if we start bringing in teams who, who don't even play for the, the conference title, right? Then you've got, you know, two loss Oklahoma. Then you've got two loss. Yeah, two loss Oklahoma. Two back. loss Oklahoma, yeah, two loss Ohio State, two loss Michigan, Oregon. two loss Alabama. It, that, that can get messy in a hurry. Yeah, I mean, in that situation, it's tough. Like, if I'm comparing Oregon and Ohio State, do I go with Ohio State, who just looks like they're a much better team, or do I value that head-to-head win where Oregon beat Ohio State? I right. think I would probably lean the head-to-head route, but I can see why someone would go the other way. Sure, sure. And then you, then you might, you know, then you start. If enough chaos happens, you know, then you start wondering. Well, 
does an 11 and two Michigan, even though they lost to Iowa, get in over a team that Iowa team that they just lost to. And like, well, they have a win over Ohio state and it, it, it could get very, very messy. So situationally, Iowa wins this big 10 championship. We're going to say that it's unlikely that we see a big 10 team in the college football playoff. That is the direction I would lean. I agree. Yeah. So, okay. Let's say now Georgia wins, Michigan wins. Our top two are in because that's probably going to be the top two this week. And they, they're they my top two right now. I have Cincinnati three, Bama four, Oklahoma State five, Notre Dame six. Okay. So let's say now in this situation, Bama has lost. So they're done. And now we've basically got like this is the bachelor. We got these roses to give out to certain number of dates. We got four roses to give out to five spots in this situation. Okay. Cincinnati loses. Now we've basically do Oklahoma state and Notre Dame just move in. If Oklahoma state wins, is that our playoff? I would, uh, I, I, I would imagine. And it would be, you know, I think there'd be a fair amount of yelling about Notre Dame getting in over a Cincinnati team that beat them. But then when yeah. neither of them are conference champs point. and, I, you know, I don't know. At that point, you'd probably see Oklahoma State slide in at three. Um, and then it would be, all right, it, you know, that would be another discussion. Yeah, worth. would you go with Notre Dame and, or Cincinnati as a one-loss team? Right. Would you go with one of those two-loss teams? So right. there are some situations where two-loss teams are not technically out of it. I mean, I think I would think Ohio State is out of it. And Oregon would have to win the Pac-12 championship this week. And if they win that, then they'll have one more win than all these other two lost teams. Mm-hmm. A Pac-12 championship and a win at Ohio State to show for it. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, I think, you know, realistically, Ohio State has lost both of its, I mean, I guess two of its three marquee games, right? They, they did beat Michigan State last week, but. You know, they lost Oregon, now they lost to Michigan. So that's going to start pushing them down the pecking order. And, you know, I know if you look at it and you just go, well, we think this team is really good. But at some point, the results on the field have to matter. Um, so, yeah. and they don't play this week either. Right. Other thing. So I think that then, okay, Cincinnati loses, Oklahoma State is in at three if Oklahoma State wins. And then, yeah, you have a lot of conversations potentially about Cincinnati or Notre Dame, or a two-loss team. Okay, let's say Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, they all win. Bama loses. Are we, uh, and then assuming that Oklahoma State wins, are we just are we both on board with Oklahoma State as the fourth team? I am, yeah. Because that's what um, I think, that's what I think will happen in terms I mean, of outcomes I mean, of this week. I, I mean, I might say, if Oklahoma State and Notre Dame were to play right now on a neutral field, Notre Dame would probably be a very small favorite. Um, It'd be so, very close. So, so very like, close. A, like a one or two point favorite. So like I might edge and say I honestly think Notre Dame's the better team. But I think without a conference championship and realistically, um, you know, I've been talking about this with people for a while. Like, And it's no fault of their own. But – you start looking, Notre Dame's two best wins are probably Wisconsin and Purdue, right? Just based on how teams turned out. Now, you know, they, they thought, you know, I mean, I know schedules. North Carolina. Advanced. Like North was Carolina won. was supposed to be good, right? USC. USC was supposed to be good. 
But but the fact of the matter is, when you look at the records and everything else, they beat two eight and four Big Ten teams, uh, and then a bunch of ACC teams who finished somewhere between seven and five and six and six. And then they whooped up on USC. They whooped up on Stanford. Those are both teams who aren't going bowling. They beat Toledo, who is bowl eligible, and uh, Navy, who finished at uh, was three and seven or three and eight right now. And like through no fault of their own, but there just isn't that win that that stands out. And I I think you know if if Oklahoma State beats Baylor again, their two wins over Baylor and their win over Oklahoma are going to be better than anything Notre Dame can put on the table. Yeah. Um, even though I think Notre Dame might actually be a better team, um, again I feel like the results on the field have to matter. I if agree. we're just going to go based on you know eye test and who we think is better, then what's the point of even having the season? We'll just seed teams yeah. in September and we can play out the playoff all the way through. Right. That's exactly right. I think <laughs> that yeah, Notre Dame. I love Danny Cannell's idea. His idea he put out on Twitter is let's see Notre Dame and BYU play them play each other this weekend. Give us another type of independent championship type setting. It'd be an awesome game. And then in that situation, if Notre Dame were to beat BYU on a neutral site, then it would be easier for a lot of people to edge Notre Dame over Oklahoma State. Yeah, yeah, no, I th- I think that's a great idea. And if that's not going to happen, I really think BYU should have been selected as the Pac-12 South representative uh, for the Pac-12 title game. They should get a shot at Oregon. I mean, they beat... They beat four of the six teams in the Pac-12 South. Uh, went undefeated against them. Beat so, Utah. Yeah, they beat Utah. They beat Arizona, Arizona State, and USC. Uh, so they didn't play UCLA, and uh, they didn't play Colorado. But, I mean, they were all in all 5-0 against the, the Pac-12. A, a really good season, you know, for those guys. But, yeah, Notre Dame, BYU would be made for, you know, made for TV type stuff. That would be an outstanding game to have. Um and I just want to tack on one interesting note here. Uh, should Michigan or Oklahoma State or both make the playoff, they will be the first teams in the this, – this is a great stat that was floating around. In the playoff era, the first teams to start unranked in the AP top preseason poll to make the playoff. That's fantastic. I love that. And they both beat their arch rivals to get here. Yep, yep. And – you know, Mike Gundy was two and fourteen against Oklahoma coming into last night's game, and you know Michigan's record overall against Ohio State in the last twenty years is, is well known. Harbaugh was zero and five against Ohio State, so yes, yeah, so Mike Gundy and uh, Jim Harbaugh both getting really big wins, and hopefully some big paychecks coming their way too. Yeah, you'd figure right <laughs> for their sake, hopefully. Okay, uh, college football playoff, so. Uh, we'll 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 preview the games here later on. I mean, you got some you got some time here, Andrew. Right? You're not yeah. in a rush. Yeah, I okay. just got to make sure. Uh, you know, I may have to switch at some point in case my phone dies. But other than that, yeah, I don't I don't have anywhere to go. Okay, good stuff. Okay, so let's say so. I'm gonna say my prediction of what the four. I guess what I I guess what I'm saying is maybe not. I want to predict how the committee's going to look at it, but my prediction after we watch Saturday of what, what I think the four will be based on the outcomes, Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, Oklahoma state. And we, we very well could see it. That's my, four. what's your, that's if you were to force me to make a pick of the four and in that order, I would, I would take the same order. I think, I think, I mean, it will be interesting to see on Tuesday where the committee ranks Cincinnati. If they leave, if Cincinnati stays at four, they're never moving out of four. 
Um, but if they move up to three, then they will probably, you know, end up staying there. I, I, I don't know whether the committee would, I, I would guess if they have the option, would avoid the rematch with Georgia just because. Um, but, you know, they may say, look, we think Oklahoma State winning the, the Big 12 is more impressive, even with a loss, than winning the AAC and flip Oklahoma State and Cincinnati. Um, so, you know, I guess that's kind of something that might be answered on Tuesday. Like I said, I yeah. honestly think if Cincinnati is still at four, they're not going to get out of four. The well, teams will the, just teams will just keep hopping over them. Or if it's if it goes if the rankings, um, you know, I guess Alabama's still going to be there right now. Um, so Oklahoma State may be five. Um, you know, because I'm guessing the committee will be it will probably be Mich- uh, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame is what my prediction for the rankings will be on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but if Cincinnati hops over Alabama, then you know there's there's a so, chance that they stay at three. So if they don't, if they're still at four, and then Alabama loses, you don't think they move up to three? I don't think so. I don't know. I it, think what else? I, yeah. I, I, it is so hard to know what this committee is doing, what they believe, <laughs> right. what they think, because they're like, "Hey, head to head results matter," but only the head to head results we care about matter, and we're not. <laughs> We're just going to ignore that Michigan and Michigan State played two weeks ago. So I, I, I don't know. Um, so nevertheless, those. I mean, the the one thing I'll say is that make I, I gave a shout out to Danny Cannell. They do a great job with the Cover Three podcast. They're talking about this week. If the committee really doesn't want these group of five teams playing in these playoffs in the future then they can line Cincinnati up with Georgia and then feed them the Wolves. And if Georgia just kills them, that'd be the best chance of a blowout if they want a group of five team to lose. And then in the future, oh no, group of five teams can never win in these playoffs. We saw it happen with Georgia. So I could see that happening. Yeah, there is there is that possibility, uh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to depend on how much they weigh. You know, if, if they're undefeated, um you know, and I guess that's the only point of discussion is they won't be in with a twelve and one record. But how do you weigh a thirteen and zero AAC champ versus a twelve and one Big Twelve champ? You know, and, and what do you think? What do you think matters? You start weighing quality wins. Is it more important to not have a loss? Um, you know, because Cincinnati's hanging their hat on the Notre Dame win. Um, Indiana didn't help them out much. And they, then, you know, they, you just, they beat Houston. If they beat Houston, they're 11 and a half point favorites. If they cover that spread and they beat Houston significantly, and Houston's a, I have them as like a top 20 ish team. The committee's yeah. got them around 24. That's a quality win. SMU's a quality win. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, SMU went in the tank, though. Losing, well, three, losing, 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 three, losing three of their last four after their coach. Uh, and I started putting rumors, and finally, he they announced over the weekend, right? Sonny Dykes is headed to TCU. Yep, he's going to TCU, and it's interesting talking with my sister and some other TCU students slash alums how they feel about it. And I'm gonna have to get Chad Vothering's take on it at some point. Chad's a big Chad knows his stuff, but I think there isn't as much enthusiasm with the fans because they saw what Sonny Dykes did. When he's at Cal, it wasn't great. He built something really special at SMU. And they're losing their legendary head coach that made TCU a Big 12 team, made TCU significant. So I think that, but realistically at the same time, like who are you, if you're TCU, 
who are you hiring that's going to push that program forward? It's not like we're talking about USC as a head coaching job. It is TCU. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a good move for him. It's a good a good hire. I mean, I think. Yeah, I do too. You, you know, you you go and and when you're kind of those, I don't want to be insulting to you know, your sister and Chad, and <laughs> but I've, when you're not the the top level team in a Power Five conference or in the and, state of Texas, right? And I think it's you know when I mean, you look at right, you look at who Texas Tech hired. Right, Texas Tech hired one of the Baylor assistants. You know, Iowa State hired Matt Campbell from Toledo. Like your best option, if you're not one of those programs in a Power Five league that coaches are going to be beating down the door to be the next coach, your best option is to find a really good G five or yep. FCS or Division two coach and roll with it. And you know, Sonny Dykes one of the best group of five coaches out there. You know, we talk about Billy Napier going to Florida. I really um, love the Billy Napier hire. I think he's going to yeah. do a great job with yeah. Florida. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's exactly what they needed. Um, I really like it. I hope he's tremendously successful. And yeah, I think, I think Sonny Dykes, even though you talked about the, the struggles at Cal, I think he is, you know, he knows recruiting the Metroplex. Like that's, that's something you know, he's had to do for SMU. Um, I feel like SMU and TCU might at least look at the same players. I don't know whether they're all recruiting the same players, but you got a guy who's familiar with recruiting in Texas and and all this stuff. Um, And I I think that sets up well for them. Um, And, you know, I think he's another guy who can be really, really successful in the Big 12. All right, Andrew, we covered the playoff. We've got, we can, we got more we can circle back to, but I want to talk Heisman here. Let's talk Heisman for a little bit. There are a handful of names. It's really interesting because, we haven't heard the Heisman conversation as much as we have in previous years. It's feels like it's been kind of like a back page news story with the Heisman. I'm sure you have a pick. Who is it? I mean, I guess, and, and this goes back to our discussion that we've had, you know, we had a year ago, we were talking to Devonta Smith and saying, we hope he won. And, and I don't know what Heisman voters, you know, choose. Do you go with, the best player, and if you if it's the best player, the most outstanding player in college football, which I think is what it's supposed to be, you know, the question becomes is does that become one of the best players on one of the best teams? Is it the player who had the most outstanding season? Um, you know, before, and I know he got hurt before the Ohio State game. I probably said it should have been Kenneth Walker. Um, I'm going to go a little bit dark horse on you. I don't think he's going to win, but I think Kenny Pickett should be the winner. No, he's done more with less. Pittsburgh is on the doorstep of winning an ACC title, and the you know, first just, time ever. Never he, he goes. Before. He goes about his business right there. An independent program until like 1991. They've never won a conference title, like you said. They're on the doorstep of it. And the interesting thing is, if they hadn't lost to Western Michigan in a shootout in September, I mean, they would be one of those teams that we'd be talking about. Okay, they may be trying to. I mean, they could be a dark horse playoff contender. They won't be with two losses. but and, and I don't have all of his numbers in front of me, but he has been so good for them. Um, well, I'll give you one. He's got more touchdown passes and more passing yards than the other two quarterbacks that everyone's blowing up right now. See, so that's, that's, that's the thing. And, like, 
Okay, it's hard to be good at college football. So I don't want what I'm about yeah. to say to take anything away from Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. But when you roll in to one of those programs that recruits like crazy, right? And we've talked about the Ohio State wide receivers, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. They're both going to be day one or day two selections in the NFL draft coming up here. Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be a day one selection in the 2023 draft, most likely. Um, I mean, there are a lot of offensive weapons at Ohio State. There are a lot of offensive weapons at Alabama. Um, you know, so it's easier to slide in and just keep once the machine is oiled, right? It's easier just to keep the machine going and, and oiled and all that stuff. It's not like there are skill players who are beating down the door to go to Pittsburgh. And, and, you know, Kenny Pickett has carried this team on his shoulders. He has been what I think everybody thought Sam Howell was going to be coming in the year. When you're talking about ACC quarterbacks um, and, you know, I don't know if he's going to win. He probably won't because like, look, he's, he's a quarterback from Pittsburgh. And, but if it goes to the most, if you want to give it to the most valuable player, right? You say, where would this team be without him? Where is Pittsburgh without Kenny Pickett? I mean, Ohio State and Alabama, I think both have five-star backup quarterbacks that are sitting behind them. Now, would they have been as good as the numbers that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young put up? I don't know. But I can guarantee you that Pittsburgh would not be playing for the ACC title game if, in the ACC title game, if Kenny Pickett were not the quarterback. I think he should get it. Um, I hope Kenny Pickett was not the quarterback at Pittsburgh. This is like a four or five win team. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I, I don't think he'll win. I think he should win, though. I think he should definitely get a trip to New York City um, to be one of the finalists because what he has done um, is, is been remarkable. I think so. I'm glad. I'm actually. I'm glad and I'm not glad that you said Kenny Pickett because I thought I was going to be the one that was going to make the Kenny Pickett case. But here we are thinking along the same lines. I like the Kenneth Walker pick too, for that matter. I think if you're picking a quarterback, however, if it's if it's Pickett or Stroud or Bryce Young, I mean, what? I guess my thing is kind of maybe we're grading on a curve here and to some degree. But as you mentioned, those are the two. I'd say of any schools, they have the best receivers in the country at Alabama and Ohio State. Ohio State has the best receiving core in the country. Kenny Pickett goes over to those teams. I mean, he's putting he's already he's putting up better stats than both of them without them. If we're grading on it, maybe we're grading on a curve, maybe we aren't. But I mean, what did Ohio State do this year? I mean, they had a good year, but they're a two-loss team that's not playing a Big 10 championship. Alabama has kind of sleepwalked through this season. But as we mentioned, it's not like they've had this commanding great team that's routed teams every single week like they did last year. We saw how good they were with Mac Jones last year. And as I'm I'm saying, I'm agreeing with you. I guess I'm just bringing it, talking a little differently, I guess, with your logic. But the thing with Kenny Pickett, as we mentioned, if you take him off a pit, that team is not competing for an ACC championship, both of their losses were one score games that they really could have won. And it, like you said, if they had won one or both those games, if they're an undefeated team, they're in the playoff this year. I think they're going to win this Saturday. 
And if Kenny Pickett has some some more big moments and he leads them on a drive, Kenny Pickett should win this award. Yeah, I mean, I, to kind of build off the point you said, if you swapped out C.J. Stroud and Kenny Pickett and you flipped them, is Ohio State still ten and two? I honestly think they are. They might be better than that. Yeah, they could if you be. You put C.J. Stroud in, in Pittsburgh. Is Pittsburgh still ten and two playing for the ACC title? I don't think so. No. This is this is nothing against him, but I think Kenny Pickett fits that offense. He does what they need, and he doesn't have the same type of weapons that in that in Ohio State, that in Alabama, that some of those other schools that recruit like crazy have. So yeah, what he's done, done more with less. Um, yeah, I I I would love to see him win. Um, I I I. You know, we talked about this a year ago. I'm not going to try and pretend to know what Heisman voters are, are thinking or looking <laughs> for um, because I was pleasantly surprised when Devonta Smith won the award a year ago. I know we both were. Um, yep. So I don't know if, if you know, sometimes it's who was the best player on one of the best teams. And if that is, it's probably one of the, one of the you know, Stroud or Bryce Young. Um, if not, you know, Walker's a good one. Um, you know, he's, he's been by far the best running back this year. Pickett's been awesome. Um, you know, it's not going to be a defensive player, but there have been some really good defensive players who have put up some, you know, insane numbers. Jordan Davis at Georgia, uh, Aiden Hutchinson at Michigan, um, Will Anderson, I think at Alabama, a linebacker, Kyle Hamilton, even in the safety at Notre Dame. Um, you know, those are, some really good guys and it's, it, it feels wide open and it could very well be that somebody, you know, on championship Saturday, CJ Stroud's not going to get a chance to improve his numbers. So maybe Bryce young, if Alabama upsets Georgia and Bryce young goes off, he probably wins the award. If Georgia wins and he doesn't play very well and Kenny Pickett throws for five touchdowns, I think there should be a legitimate case to be made for Kenny Pickett winning the Heisman. I think he I think he could win it. I do think that the voters have taken notice of it. If you're looking at the betting odds, I don't think the betting odds tell the whole story because part of it is they were, uh you got more casual betters these days and maybe they don't know who Kenny Pickett is. So maybe they're not getting as many Kenny Pickett bets in as possible and if you lower those odds for the Ohio State quarterback and the Alabama quarterback it's pretty easy for people to buy in and bet on those guys. I don't know. I do yeah. have a trivia question for you. Okay. Last, you mentioned defensive players. Who was the last Heisman finalist who was a defensive player? I know. I want to think. Yeah, it wasn't in Dominican too. Uh, was, was he Chase a finalist? Young, right? Was Chase Young a finalist? Uh, I have here 2011. I think was the year 2011. So that would be Chase Young was not a finalist. Okay. And, uh, and... I'll give you a clue. This school churned out another defensive finalist a few years earlier. It was a defensive lineman. I could spend a long time thinking about it and probably wouldn't come up with it. Honey Badger. Oh yeah. Okay. And then the defensive lineman, do you know what I'm talking about? It was 2007. Oh. LSU won the national championship that year, and they had a that's, big that's, defensive lineman. That's so that's so long ago. He no. he wasn't. He was kind of a bust in the NFL. Didn't really no. do anything. Nah, he's gonna have to hit me with it. Glenn Dorsey. Ah, okay. 
Yeah. All right, Andrew, before we preview the games for this next week, we'll touch on some other stuff from this weekend. So I was watching Iowa State just kill TCU, and I had the thought, I'm like, why aren't you guys better? Like, why on earth was Iowa State a 7-5 and five team this year? I guess my question, we previewed this season a few months back. Who is, who were the most disappointing teams this year? And not even, I mean, look, you could talk about Oklahoma or Ohio State, teams like that, that, yeah, two lost seasons, short of the playoff, but still really good seasons. Who was a team that comes to mind for you that we were looking at? And if you, you actually watch them play, you're like, wow. Like I, I was watching Iowa State, and I'm like, this is what this team should have done all year. This team should have been ten and two, nine and three type team. Instead, seven and five, especially coming out of the Big Twelve, where there are a lot of winnable games. Who comes to mind for you, Andrew, this year? Man, uh, I mean Texas. I think obviously is is one. Yeah. You know, for as much talent as they had, and continually recruit to, and and things of that nature. Um, Iowa State's another. I think North Carolina too, right? So much was yeah. was thought of North Carolina and Sam Howell yeah. and and all that stuff. And um, North Carolina, by the way, as I was watching that game the other night, I mean they they had a similar close loss against. It was Pitt. That was another game that went to overtime. They could have won. I I feel like there were several games that UNC just couldn't close the door on, and they could have easily been a nine and three team. Yeah, yeah, there's – I mean, they feel like their defense kind of let them down a little bit. Um, Sam Howell let them down a little bit in the week one. Yeah, yeah, he, he, there, there were times where he struggled and uh, just wasn't wasn't quite good enough the, the times they needed him to be. Um, but, yeah, uh, I mean, North Carolina, Iowa State, I think Texas, I'm trying to think of who else. You know, I don't know if I necessarily want to throw Indiana in there. Um, that, I mean, I that's think, a good I mean, one. I mean, they, I mean, they were good, you know, they were good last year and I don't know if they were, um, you know, they were thought to be pretty good. I know they've had some yeah. injuries and, and other such things, but to go from where they were to a two and 10 season, um, or, or three and nine, um, just, you know, gotta be bitterly disappointing for, for people in Bloomington. Um, and yeah, that, that's, Kind of thing. I guess USC, right? I mean, yeah, uh, USC you know, is another USC's one. USC's always thought to be good. Like, I feel like USC, Texas, Florida, Miami, I mean, Florida, Florida was a Miami, like, Florida was a top fifteen team. Uh, came yeah, with a two point conversion Florida, of taking out Alabama, and yeah, uh, you know, now now they got a new coach. So, um, those are good spots to start. Yeah, Miami, I think, is one where it's like we're so used to. Okay, Miami's not back. We're we have like we're aware of what's going on. Like there are teams like Texas and teams like Miami where it's like I'm not really buying in quite yet. But I did buy into USC a little bit after what I saw last year. They were a fun story. Got to the Pac-12 championship. They were the comeback kids, and they fired their coach after week three. I want to say it was real early. Week two, I think it was week two. You're on mute, by the way. Oh, okay. All right, as Andrew recollects himself, we are going to get ready 
for the final week of the season, our conference championship weekend. A lot of great games coming up on the schedule, 10 conference championships, and of course, a makeup game. If anyone wants to watch USC play Cal, because you didn't get the opportunity a few weeks ago, you can do so this week. Are you back, Andrew? Yeah, sorry. I had to run around and get a charger. My phone's You're about good. to die. And, You're uh, good. Didn't want to leave you in the alone in the room again for the second time on this <laughs> this thing. So yeah. Well, earlier was a little fine. I mean, it was better earlier because I was just reading through the scores. You could you could plug your you plug your ears when I do that. You don't even have to listen <laughs> to that. But no. So uh, yeah, anything else you want to touch on before we preview this week from this past week or just from the season as a whole up to this point? You know, um, I mean, I, I used my stat already about preseason un, uh, unranked AP teams. Um, I feel like you mentioned 2011 as you were talking about the the Heisman finalist and how close Oklahoma State came then, right, to, to getting – they were one uh, – they were undefeated going to that last game against Iowa State. They lost to Iowa State, so we get the Alabama-LSU rematch – um, you know, and, and Michigan has come close, I think in 2016, right. They, they lost to Iowa, uh, in er, mid November and then, uh, the game against Ohio state, they lost in overtime. So a chance, I think in addition to getting over the hump, right. For both of those teams, those programs to kind of exercise some demons, I guess, for, for lack of a, a, a better way to phrase it and a chance to finally, you know, get and, uh, achieve what, I guess the ultimate goal, right? The, at this point, the ultimate goal gets to the playoffs. So uh, a chance for both those teams to to kind of right some, not wrongs, but a chance to, you know, uh, get, get over the hump finally. Yeah, I guess we could touch on briefly the best surprises, pleasant surprises this year in terms of teams. Pitt would be one. I don't think anyone had Pitt as a 9-2 and two or 10-2 and two team. Wake Forest, really good year for them. And then... Baylor would be another one. Michigan State would be another one. This looked like it was going to be a. Well, I think we thought Michigan State was going to be what we saw last year again. Maybe a couple games improved. Who else? Let's see. I mean, I think. Um, you know, I think a uh, pleasant surprise. Oregon State got bowl eligible in the Pac-12. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't think Utah was thought quite as highly of as they they turned out to be winning the South. Uh, you know, Washington State, I, I think seven and five, but they they rolled through the Apple Cup and uh, you know much improved. And especially with the turmoil they had to deal with, you know, during the regular season with with uh, the coach and vaccine mandates and and uh, new yep. coach, and it clearly shows. Uh, we're talking about the coaching carousel. They um, took their interim director or interim coach. Uh, Jake Diekert and gave him the full-time job uh, announced that to the team last night um, so credit to, to him and the job that he did uh, you mentioned Michigan State um, it's going to be weird to say this about a team who only won a couple of games but I think Kansas should fall under the, the pleasant surprise right Lance Leipold who just hired in April um, has come in and, and that big win over Texas and almost beat Oklahoma They've been in a lot of games. They are much improved, and uh, they look much better. It, it's weird to say that a team who won two games uh, is a pleasant surprise, but um, I think they're they're building something in Lawrence. Um, we talk about Baylor. Baylor's been been a good surprise. Um, 
Kentucky. I don't think people thought, you know, Kentucky had a decent year last year, but I don't think people kind of thought that Kentucky was going to be as good. Um, you know, I don't think people thought Ole Miss was necessarily going to be as good as they were either. I mean, I think these are like preseason yeah. top 25 teams, but exceeded expectations. Um, you mentioned Pitt. You mentioned Wake Forest. I mean, I don't think people thought Notre Dame or BYU either were going to be yeah. as good as um, they have been. You know, BYU losing Zach Wilson uh, to the NFL and, Notre Dame lost a bunch of, I think, four of their five starting offensive linemen from last year. Team who made the playoff, and you know, we we spent a bunch of time talking about it. If if results on Saturday break the right way, Notre Dame's back in the playoffs again. Uh, Kyron Williams has been outstanding, um, and after Jack Cohn struggled early, you know, they had some quarterback issues for a while. Uh, almost lost to Toledo uh, early on. Almost lost lost almost and he did overtime to beat Florida State in that, that opening game on that Sunday night. And, um, you know, they, they got it figured out, they got it straightened out and, uh, are playing really well. So I, 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 I think probably Notre Dame too pleasant surprise. All right. Very good. Okay. Let's run through this weekend's games and I got to eat some dinner. So let's do this fairly quickly. We got 10 games Western. Oh, it opened the, the action opens up Friday night, December 3rd, Western Kentucky at, the Alamo Dome, almost said that wrong. I feel like all those Charles Barkley commercials, <laughs> like when you say the Alamo, <laughs> it's like, no, no, Charles, Charles, it's it's the Alamo Dome. <laughs> those Capital One commercials are great. Western Kentucky faces UTSA. Western Kentucky's actually favored to win this game. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they sling it a lot. Um, that they've got one of the you know top passing attacks in the country. They they throw it a lot. They are successful. Um, you know they could have beaten Indiana. They gave Michigan State all they could handle. Um, they had a really entertaining game with Army. So they uh, lost. They, they you they previously played each other by the way back on September. Uh, October 9th and UTSA won that game by six points, 52, 46. So, so what you're saying is you should bet the over for Friday. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I don't want no. anyone okay. losing money. Um, I don't want anyone developing gambling addictions, but, but, uh, but if, yeah, <laughs> I, I think there'll be a lot of points scored and, you know, I think it's, it's a little bit different kind of variations. I know UTSA kind of likes to run the ball some and Western Kentucky likes to sling it and throw it a lot. Uh, it would not that over under, by the way, is 72 and a half. I think we okay. both would go okay. over for those, for those of you, uh, interested in numbers like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I envision there being a lot of points scored. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see how UTSA bounces back, right? Their, their first loss, um, North Texas took it to them yesterday and or maybe it was friday whatever day it was um and just ran all over them and so how do they respond after their first loss of the year you know their, their coach had been mentioned in in going other places i know he signed a big extension but you wonder how much of an ex of distraction that is and, and things like that and uh western kentucky um you know they come in they throw it well like i said and uh if if the previous game is any indication, we, we should be in for make sure the scoreboard uh, goes up pretty high. So UTSA, it felt like they were bound to lose one, especially when they were down against Southern Mississippi and then UAB, and they were able to come back and win those games. 
I feel like maybe they got the loss out of their system. I do think this is one of the 25 best teams in the sport of college football, despite last week's loss. It might be a re- little bit reactionary in terms of seeing how bad they looked this past week, especially on the scoreboard. But I'm going to go with the road runners. I think they get to 12 and one. I think they win this week. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think, you know, that I think the loss will refocus them. They'll get recentered. Helps playing at home, right? They'll, they'll be ready to go. There'll be lots of rowdy, I imagine, Roadrunner fans in attendance and, uh, you know, chance to, to win CUSA for the first time. Then Friday night, so that's the first game on Friday night. That's at 6 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. And then our second game for Friday night is the Pac-12 Championship at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Is this where the Raiders play? Yes. Yep. Yep. So it's where the Raiders play. We got Oregon and Utah, a rematch of two teams that played each other two weeks ago. And let me just say this. If Utah wins this game and they beat Oregon two out of three weeks, it would be it's it's really unfortunate for them that they got off to a slow start at the beginning of the season. And they then them when they made the quarterback change, they kicked it in a whole other gear with Cam Rising as their starter. It's too bad that they got off to that bad start. And if they had Cam Rising coming into the season and they were doing this all year, we'd be looking at a college football playoff team here. Yeah, yeah, they've been they've been really good since that one and two start, right? And you can't blame them for either of those losses. They they lost to BYU and they lost to San Diego State back before we knew San Diego State was going to be really really good. But um, you know they they started out slowly and then as you said they made that quarterback change, Cam Rising, and uh, they've been, they've been rolling since. I will not anticipate that it will be as far of a po- as spread. Uh, I, you know, Utah won that game going away when they beat him in Salt Lake City a couple weeks ago. But uh, I think Utah, you give the edge to Utah, right, until Oregon kind of proves. I mean, they've sort of been kind of hanging around and playing close to their opponents and, and all that stuff in, in recent weeks. And ever since that loss to Stanford, they just haven't looked right, I guess, for lack of a better better way to say it. And, uh, you know, Utah's on a roll playing as, as well as they have been. Took it to Colorado. Uh, on Friday, and uh, I would I would expect the the Utes to to keep it going and to end up in Pasadena. Yeah, Utah has been a much better team over the second half of the season. Here, really, you could you someone could make a case over the past like eight or nine weeks. You could say Utah has been the better team. I think though that it's going to be really tough to beat the same team two out of three weeks. I'm going to go Oregon. I think it's going to be close. I don't know how many points are they're going to be putting up. This nothing would really surprise me with this game, but I'm going to say Oregon wins. I'm going to go with let's say 20, 28, 24 Oregon Ducks. Okay. Travis Dye has himself a day, runs for 150 yards. All right. Next up, we got Saturday morning first game. Two games at 11 a.m. Baylor versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's favored by five and a half. And of course, this is played at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Jerry's world. Yeah. Um, you know, Oklahoma State won the game. It was when they played. It wasn't... Uh, 
Stillwater. I almost said Norman. And I was like, nope, yep. that's not not the right one. <laughs> uh, but it was in Stillwater, um, and it was, you know, that was the Oklahoma State defense kind of imposing its will. And uh, before they kind of unleashed the reins on Spencer Sanders, the Oklahoma State offense did did just enough to win that game. Um, you know, and it will be it will be similar. You know, we have to watch the same thing for Michigan. Is how does a team come respond after? having won the biggest game of the year, you know, how do you get up again? Right. And you'll either go, well, this team is different. They can get up again, or you know, there's a chance that they'll have a tremendous letdown. Um, and Baylor is good enough. If, you know, Oklahoma state has a little bit of a letdown, um, you know, you know, Baylor can win that game at the same time. I feel like defense travels and I know they just gave up 33 points to Oklahoma, but Oklahoma state's defense is really, really good. Defense travels. They play well. You've said it's hard to beat a team twice in the season. I don't disagree with that, but uh, give me Oklahoma State in a close one. Yeah, I'm actually going with Oklahoma State in this one because I feel like I know a Big 12 championship would be very special for the Baylor Bears, and they were very close a couple years ago, but this game is going to mean more for the Cowboys because a college football playoff berth is on the line here. And yeah, we worked out some situations where maybe there's a way that a team like Baylor could sneak their way in. I'm sure they feel like they are alive in some capacity and they want to get a big time bowl game. But I think this is the Cowboys year. I think they're going to win this game. I think it's going to be close. And I would, if in our in our pick'em pool, I will say this: I will take the points rather than the. I will not go against the spread. Um, and, and let me just say, I know we'll get to, to other ones. I know the committee doesn't think about these things. It would be absolutely tremendous if Cincinnati stayed in the number four spot and the two, three game, assuming all the favorites win, ended up being Michigan, Oklahoma state, just for the pregame press conferences, because Mike Gundy and Jim Harbaugh talking <laughs> about their teams and about each other. Uh, sports writers would be good for days with all of the quotes between, you know, all the things Harbaugh said, you know, Gundy's known for his, I'm a man, I'm 40, all that stuff. Uh, it would be, that would be very entertaining. <laughs> and then we've got the Mac championship at Ford field. How many times you've been to Ford field? You've been there, right? I've been there a couple of times. Okay. As a Lions fan, you've been there a couple of times. Hopefully there's some better football being played there on Saturday than we'll probably see on Sunday. I mean, they just hosted the uh, the high school state football championship games on Friday and Saturday, and they probably okay. saw better quality football there than they've seen on Sundays all year. So Yeah, or this past Thursday. Yeah. Well. <laughs> From either team. <laughs> okay, Kent State and Northern Iowa. I think this is going to be a really fun game. This is one that... I know that a lot of people aren't probably not it and they're not a lot of people aren't going to watch this game, but if you're listening to me and you got two screens, you got a double screen setup, put this game on side by side with the big 12 championship because both these teams, Kent state has been a, a fun team. They've been really good this year. And then Northern Illinois led by uh, Rocky Lombardi, the transfer from Michigan state, He's he's had a, a heck of a year with that team. I think this is going to be a really, really good game. And don't sleep on this championship. I actually am going to go with this the Huskies, Northern Illinois, for their 
Uh, I can't remember the last time they won the MAC championship. It's been, I think maybe it was like 2018 or something like that. But I think, I think Rocky Lombardi is returning the Huskies to greatness. Yesterday, uh, in a game, I know you read the score off, but we didn't talk a lot about Kent State and Miami played a thoroughly entertaining game. Uh, with going to overtime, Miami went for two because the winner of that game was going to win the MAC East and yeah. go to the title game. Um, you know, give me like Lombard, Rocky Lombardi's been great. Northern Illinois has been great. Uh, you know, former uh, Valparaiso University professor Philip Powell is a big NIU grad. Uh, he follows the team around a lot. When they played in the Orange Bowl a few years ago, went down, checked them out. Um, so I hate to pick against him, but Kent State hasn't won a conference title since sometime in the mid-70s, I think is the wow. number. I'm trying to remember. Uh, it, somebody will have to fact check me on that. Um, so hopefully one of the, the people who are listening follows will tweet at me <laughs> or, or something. Um, so so give me the golden flashes in a close one. This is another one that you know I don't think is going to be a defensive uh, shootout no. by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> we should get a fair number of points scored. A lot of and, points. And uh, yeah. Um, you know, give me, give me Kent state by a field goal just cause that's the spread. I feel, right like, there. I feel like it's, I feel like it's, it's their year to, to win the, win the Mac. Okay. That's fair. I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with the Huskies. I think this is going to be a really good game. Kent state is favored by a field goal. So you got it right there on the line. If you're looking for something to do, because look, 11 AM start time, and then you're not you're going to have another power five game until three o'clock. So we got a couple of group of five games here in the middle of the afternoon. Utah State and San Diego State. Utah State's quarterback is last name is Bonner. I can't remember his first name. He's a really good player. We've talked about San Diego State. I think San Diego State. I think I have them at. Let's see. Where did I rank them this week? I have them as a 12th best team based on resume. Utah State's been tough this year. Utah, uh, San Diego State is favored by five and a half points, but I think it's going to be a little closer than that. I think it'll be a good game. I will go with the Aztecs here because I think it's been just a, uh, like I, like we mentioned, they beat Arizona, they beat Utah, they win a couple of Pac-12 games. They This Mountain West has been, in my opinion, a very overlooked, very good conference that one could argue Maybe if you take the top five teams and you put them against the top five teams of the ACC or the Pac-12, they might win those games. They might have the better record against both those conferences. It's a really, I mean, it's not like every single team in this conference is great, but the Air Force, Nevada, Boise State, uh, blanking on a couple others, but it's been a great football conference, especially this year. So don't sleep on this game. It'll be on Fox. It'll be a good game. Who do you like in this one, Andrew? Uh, you know, I, I got to support Brady Hoke, right? Uh, they've been winning with defense. You mentioned his time in Ann Arbor uh, did not go swimmingly, but um, you know he, he's never wavered from he, – he, he loved being at Michigan. He's an outstanding human being. He's a really good defensive coach. You know, he, he was good there, then went to Michigan – uh, after a year at Oregon, I think a year at Tennessee, kind of found his way back. And, uh, yeah, they, they win with running and defense. They, they've got a pretty a pretty strong formula. It works well for them. They also have one of the best punters in the country. Um, so, yeah, it, it's wor- if you like punts, 
And this is a really weird thing to say for people. <laughs> some people like punts. I mean, Matt, uh, I think it's Ariza. I don't know if that's officially how you say it, um, but he is as good as there is. Um, so yeah, give me the give me the give me the Aztecs in a close one playing at home in you know Carson or wherever they're playing since their their stadium's under construction. So they're yep. playing basically in Los Angeles, almost two hours from campus. Yep, that game is in Carson, California. All right. The Sun Belt Championship, Appalachian State in Louisiana. As we mentioned, they met earlier this season. I think they met, let's see, what was the date on that game? It was the uh, I can't I can't pull it up, but the final on that game 41-13. I think we're gonna see a closer game this time around. And I think Louisiana, of course, the Billy Napier thing. That's going to be a little tricky to navigate through. App State is favored by three. And for those who don't know, App State 10 and two, Louisiana 11 and one. I, I do think these are two of the top 25 best teams in the country right now. This is going to be a great game. Which direction do you lean? It's in Lafayette, by the way. Uh, you, you know, I would love for the the story for the, the Cajuns to finish it off. I, I'm afraid. I think there just may be too many distractions. Um, you know, and we talked about this at the beginning, like it's, it's a shame for those guys. And if they can prove me wrong, come back and win, win the Sunbelt title with all their distractions, you know, hats off to them. Um, but you know, I've been a believer in app state for, for a while. They, they should have beaten Miami. Um, you know, they got you have Clemson every Grant. reason to be an app state believer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Believe me. Yes. Uh, for a long time now, but, uh, so, um, See, I can I can take that joke after the result yesterday. And just kind of slides <laughs> I off. wouldn't I would not have done that to you uh, after. That's fair. After. I appreciate that. Um, but you know they got Chase Bryce, the the Clemson transfer. They should have beaten Miami. Um, I can't remember whether it was the opening weekend or second weekend. They went into Hard Rock. I think that's that's what it's called, Miami, right? Hard yeah. Rock Stadium. Hard Rock. Yep. Um, and and should have won that game. Um, you know, they, they absolutely took it to coastal Carolina when coastal was undefeated on a, a Tuesday or Wednesday night in Boone. And since then they've just been rolling along. Um, so a long way of saying, uh, I will take the, I'll take app state by a field goal. I, I think that point spreads about right. Um, I just hope it's a close game, an exciting game. Um, the Sun Belt, you know, the fun belt is, is always fun to watch. Hope we get another great uh, conference championship. And look, if Louisiana wins, you know, hats off to them, um, for a spectacular season and, you know, Maybe we'll find out more. Maybe Billy Napier is going to coach that game or the assistants will or, or whatever. But uh, right now, without all that certainty, I'll just lean App State slightly. Yeah, I think both these teams are really good. I think, again, overlook teams, overlook game. You guys should watch this if you're waiting for that SEC game to start. It starts about a half hour later and gets to some commercial breaks, halftime, flip over and watch this Sun Belt Championship. And let's about- let's be honest, those games that you just talked about are probably going to be in the fourth quarter as uh, the SEC title game nears halftime. And if yeah. it plays out like we think it's going to be, the SEC title game may not be competitive by that point. So yeah. watch the fourth quarter of these two games. Yeah, and I also think that the other thing is, by the way, there I, I could be wrong, but if my memory serves me right, these games aren't going to have as many commercial breaks as like these Power 5 championship games are going to have, right? right. No, faster. They'll, they'll get done faster because... You know the the networks look at it and they go, "We're not going to make as much money. There won't yeah. be as many people watching. So yeah, there will be fewer commercials. The breaks won't last as long, and yeah, it should get done faster." The thing that I, the reason everything you said, but I also want to add as to why I'm picking App State. 
over the past five or six weeks, if you were to look down the schedule and look, it's, it's not, it hasn't been the case every single week, but one thing I've noticed is that app state, it seems like ever since they beat coastal, they generally seem to blow teams out. Like they've been putting up a lot more points consistently than Louisiana has and Louisiana, they blew out Liberty a couple weeks ago and they've had some blowouts. I just think app state's clicking and, uh, I'm going to go with the Mountaineers here in Lafayette. You guys should definitely watch that game. Okay, a few more here. Georgia and Alabama. I'm taking Georgia. I don't think it's going to be a great game as a potential to be a great game. I'm going to say the final on this game is going to be all I will say. We're going to have a final of 30 to 30. 17 Georgia that uh you know as we talk about Georgia's defense I 17 points is the most they've given up in any game this year and that went to that went to Tennessee um so you know it would be a tremendous credit I think the Alabama offense if they can they can score 17 and and maybe they'll find something you know maybe Nick Saban's team has been playing possum although I think it's hard to do that you know, if you run the risk of not making the title game, if they'd have lost to Auburn or, um, you know, I guess they still won tiebreakers over Mississippi, but I'm just not convinced in this Alabama offense, even as good as, you know, um, their, their quarterback is and, and all that stuff. Um, I just, I can't see it happening. Georgia's defense is, is too good. Um, give me Georgia 27 to 10, 27 to 10. Okay. I like it. You know, the thing is, I want to add here is if this is the final shot of what we see of Bryce Young, I almost called him Bryce Love, going back to the classic Stanford running back. I almost called him Bryce Love, but Bryce Young. I almost called him Chase Young earlier. So (laughs) if this is the final image of Bryce Young's season, is Alabama coming up short, missing the playoff, which is the standard for Alabama is to make the playoff every single year. And they don't put up a lot of offense, a lot of points against Georgia's defense. I don't think he's going to win the Heisman if that's the last thing that people see. And then similarly, if the last thing we saw of CJ Stroud was he's not even playing this week, I, I guess there's a case to be made. I really think Kenny Pickett can go into to Charlotte, put up, hang 40 points, 50 points on Wake Forest in a shootout and end up winning this Heisman here. Um, I guess I skipped some of the games, but we'll we'll touch on ACC here. Pitt and Wake Forest. Pitt's favored by three. Who do you like? Uh, a lot of points. Uh, this is another one. If what's what's the over? What's seventy two and a half? I think yeah. definitely pretty yeah, easy I, over. This is, this is another one I would lean towards the over. Um, these teams don't play ton of defense. Uh, which is kind of surprising because Pitt with Pat Narduzzi, you know, he was a great defensive coordinator at Michigan State. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, you watch for quarterback play. Sam Hartman uh, has been awesome all year for Wake Forest. Pickett has been awesome for Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't see either of these defenses getting a lot of stops. Um, and I, I, I like, I've, I've gotten on the, the Pittsburgh train here recently. Um, as good of a story, either of these teams winning the ACC would be an incredible story. Um, but you know, you mentioned Pitt's never won uh, a conference title. Let's let's give it to them. I like Pitt by a field goal. I think I think they cover the spread. I think the overhits 
And I think it's a thoroughly entertaining game and uh, starting about the same time as the Big Ten title game. So I hope for my nerves, like about halftime, I can flip over and just watch the ACC and not worry about what's going on in Indianapolis anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I think Kenny Pickett still has a chance to win this Heisman here. And like we mentioned, if Georgia wins that game the way you forecast Georgia to win that game and Pitt wins this game the way Pitt does, it's going to be a harder. It's going to be hard to deny Kenny Pickett the Heisman for the committee to do that. Maybe the committee will. I mean, this is like the first time that someone's really going to be watching Pitt all year. Probably this is the biggest game they've played all year. And look, I know they played Clemson and they had some games. This is a prime time showcase game, 7 p.m. Now it is running opposite the Big Ten Championship, but good opportunity here for Kenny Pickett to win the Heisman. All right, we got two more. I'll do the the uh, we'll we'll build and leave the Big Ten for last. Houston and Cincinnati on at 3 p.m. on ABC. That would be right now undefeated. We got undefeated Cincinnati team, one loss Houston team. Cincinnati is favored by 10 and a half. I think what happened was a lot of people, Cincinnati was not really blowing out teams the way that people expected them to for about a month. And then last week they play SMU and it's like, all right, you guys don't think we can beat anybody. We'll we'll take this SMU team and we, they just they annihilated SMU. Very well could happen here with Houston. Yeah, it could. Um you know, Dana Dana Holgerson's team, they I feel like you've had them ranked for a while. Uh they just recently got ranked in the AP and you know the the playoff rankings, but I feel like they've been flying under the radar. Um you know, they they lost that opener to Texas Tech. I think it was Texas Tech. They were way ahead and then blew a huge lead. And then people just kind of stopped talking about Houston. Um, and yeah, that's, you know, they've been rolling along. Um, it's another one, you know, this is, is that Cincinnati, right? They're playing, this is another home yeah, field. Yeah, this at one is, Stadium. yeah, at Cincinnati. I think that um, makes a big difference here. I, I think that does give them the edge. I think Houston keeps it close. Um, it would not surprise me at all if Houston covered the 10 and a half. No. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think Cincinnati wins by about a touchdown. Um, I want Cincinnati to win. I, you know, we talked about this in, in August and, you know, we've been beating the drum for a long time. <laughs> the reason we love the college basketball tournament is anybody can get in. All you got to do is, you know, win your conference and to see a group of five team knock down that door is, you know, whether that leads to expansion whether it, it expansion happens next year, whether expansion comes down the road, like this is the group of five's best chance to get a team in the playoff. And, you know, I, I want to see him do it. Um, it's easier to say that now that I know that it, you know, it won't come at Michigan's expense. It won't be Cincinnati or Michigan. <laughs> um, I mean, if Michigan loses, they weren't going to get in there anyway, but um, so yeah, uh, I, I want Cincinnati win. I, I see it by about a touchdown. I won't be surprised if they blow out Houston either. Um, you know, they, yeah. they, they, they do what they did to SMU, but I think Dana Holgerson's team keeps it close. And, uh, but I think Cincinnati wins home field wins out and Luke Fick takes his team to playoff. I think that Clayton tune Houston's quarterback is one of the more underrated talents in the sport of college football. I think he's going to keep them in this game. I like this one to finish. I'm going to say 33-27 is the final on this game. Cincinnati wins. Seems reasonable to me. I I would, yeah, six, seven points. That, that's exactly where I see it. 
Yeah. And then finally, Michigan versus Ohio versus Iowa. Sorry. <laughs> Not Ohio State two weeks in a row, man. That would be your nightmare. That, that, that would be bad. <laughs> uh Michigan and Iowa. If if Iowa wins this game, it's gonna really create a lot of chaos in terms of this playoff picture, as we mentioned earlier. Michigan's favored by 10 and a half points. This game is at Lucas Oil in Indianapolis. How do you see it breaking as a Michigan guy? Uh, you know, Iowa's defense is, first of all, let me just say, I'm very thankful that this game is not being played at Kinnick Stadium. Michigan does <laughs> not play well in Iowa City. Um, you know, Kinnick at night, whatever kind of Kinnick magic they have. Um, Iowa's defense is really good. You know, Riley Moss, one of the best corners in the Big Ten, maybe one of the best corners in the country. Um, you know, they got some some really good defensive linemen. Iowa's defense is always really good. Their their offense is not. Um, Tyler Goodson can run the ball a little bit, but I mean, they've been going back and forth with with Spencer Petrus, um, and then he was out, and uh, the, then Padilla, I think Alex, I think Alex is his first name. If I'm getting that wrong, I apologize. Um, I yeah, think I think Padilla. it is he's, Alex Padilla. He, he started the next couple of games. He started against Nebraska and just looked lost. So they went to Petrus. I mean, you know, we didn't touch on this much. Um, you mentioned the, the, the comeback that Iowa had, but I mean, they came back, they, they beat Nebraska with one offensive touchdown. They, they blocked a punt. They returned it for a touchdown. They got, um, you know, safety and, and stuff like that. If Michigan can recenter themselves, and, and this is something that none of these guys have experienced, they've never been in the Big Ten title game before. So there's a chance the stage may be too big for them. If it's not and they recenter themselves, I can't see Iowa's offense putting up more than 14 points. Um, and so if Michigan can manage to, you know, good drives, turn clock. Um, I mean, if he's running like he was yesterday, Hassan Haskins is not going to be denied. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Iowa covers. I think Michigan wins by about a touchdown. Um, and I spend four hours feeling like I want to die the whole time. <laughs> um, but I, I think Michigan wins in a close one. I think, you know, now that the, the Ohio State hasn't can't win a big one anymore is over. Uh, you know, I, I think Michigan keeps going. Coach Harbaugh is relaxed and free and he seems to be enjoying this team maybe more than any he's coached since he was at Stanford. And, uh, yeah, I, I think they get it done. It's probably close and it probably makes me sweat and I'm sure I swear far too much. <laughs> um, but I, I think they get it done. Okay. I'm going to go in a slightly different direction than you on this game. Not a dramatic, not a different outcome. I think that the statement was made this past week and the statement's been made over the course of the season. This is a different Michigan team. They're they're going. I mean, they're here to win. This is their year. And I just I'm seeing Michigan just all revved up like the Energizer Bunny, getting out there, getting up early. And I think there's. I think this game. You know, we touched on Big Ten championship, SEC championship. We touched on all these games. And for the most part, we said most of these games we think are going to be close. I think the SEC championship and the Big Ten championship are going to be the two biggest letdowns. Not saying we're going to see something like a 30-point margin or a 40-point margin, but I think this is going to be all Michigan, and I think it's going to be 
let's see, I'll say 31 14, like a 17 point game, like something okay. like that. Sounds good to me. Uh, you, you, can, <laughs> you can offer that me right now. I will take it and run as far away as I can. <laughs> and I feel like the last touchdown will be like it. I could see it being even bigger margin than Iowa, maybe backdoor touchdown late in the game. But that's how I see this thing playing out. And I've been wrong so many times before. Andrew's been wrong so many times before. Uh, but Andrew, I think it would be fitting for us to do this again next week when we know what the bulls are and the college football playoff. Let's do it. Let's make a plan for it. Let's do it. And let's see if we can get Chad or someone else to hop on here and get third perspective. I've I've had good phone conversations with Chad and I've seen his photo on Facebook, but I don't think I've ever (laughs) like put, put the the voice and the the photos together. So like to see him on video would be be good for me. So yeah, let's see if we can do that. We'll see if we can get Chad. Yeah, he was on here about a month ago, so you can watch some of that video if you if you want to go get back. A I listened to it, so I know what his voice sounds like uh, <laughs> between that and our phone conversations. But put it all together; it'd be good to have a video chat. If you all right, I'll, I'll target Chad. We'll see if we can make this happen. Okay, make sure you guys all subscribe to the Jack Vita Show so you don't miss next week when we have our field set for the college football playoff. We will react. We'll share our picks. And hopefully we'll have a third perspective on here with us. So we'll even get another opinion in here. We could talk. Uh, we'll talk about bowl games. We'll talk about all these call conference championship games. And if we have time, which we probably won't, maybe we'll get into the NFL. We'll talk NFL in a couple weeks. You, as you guys could tell, we went two hours deep on this. A lot of college football to cover. So make sure you guys are all subscribed to the Jack Vita show and log on to my site, jackvita.com. For more content, I'll probably do some writing this week, as I always Has, do. Uh, have you dropped your top 25 yet? Uh, I wrote it up. I haven't put it on the site yet, but it'll, okay. it'll be on the site by Tuesday. Okay. Be checking it out because it'll it'll be there. Yes. And I'll, I've been doing on the, the recent top 25s. I've been kind of throwing in some more thoughts of like what I've been watching over the weekend and then what I'll be looking ahead to. So be a little bonus content in addition to what you guys heard today so check that out jackvita.com get on the email list so you don't miss out whenever there's new content available go straight to your inbox he is a at a stem double zero on twitter andrew thank you so much for coming along anything else you want to plug while you're here nah man it's 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 been a pleasure uh always good to chat with you we went two hours talking about college football and i cannot think of a better way to spend two hours talking it with my good buddy and uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's going to be, you know, we laid it out. I think we're going to get a lot of good championship games and uh, I hope that we do. And I'll look forward to breaking it down next week with you. Absolutely. Okay. So until then guys, again, subscribe to the show. Maybe we'll get another episode out here soon. In addition to this, we'll see working on some stuff, getting a little busy here on the holidays, but we have a lot more content coming soon. So make sure you guys are all subscribed and until and you guys can follow me on social media at jack vita show on twitter instagram and facebook share this episode share the show with a friend and until our next time until our college football championship show next week i'm jack vita take care everybody bring in the dancing lobsters